Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. We're the Ladies of Groundworks, Inc. We design and build gardens in New York City (laughs) (laughs) and the surrounding area. And this show aims to bring the culture to horticulture. Um, Alice, I think you have a little announcement about the Old Stone House uh, event coming up. Yes, the Old Stone House is a... Speaking of culture. Exactly, is a uh, Dutch farmhouse that is located in Brooklyn, and there's a book event coming out. Um, a woman named Andrea Wolf, um, who, well, the Old Stone House is actually, it's a Dutch farmhouse, but it was the site of a very bloody revolutionary battle, um, the Battle of Brooklyn. And um, it's, it's an amazing institution. And um, Andrea Wolf is a garden writer from England, and she wrote a book called The Founding Gardeners. And she was on our show. She was on our show talking about that book, and she is actually coming to Brooklyn to speak about that book on the 29th of October, and tickets are only $25. Which is a really good price. We want you guys to, to uh, who are listening and who are in the area to try to come. $25, The Old Stone House. What's and the website, O-S-H? It's uh, org. Okay, well, we have a no- Good, good. Yeah. I, hope, I hope that you can join. She's a great writer and an excellent speaker. I know we're going to be attending yeah, that. Yeah, you know, George Washington is a gardener. Who That's doesn't right. want to talk about that? Well, we have <laughs> another Englishman with us yes. today, uh, international garden designer and writer Noel Kingsbury as our special guest. Besides his work as a garden and planting designer, writer, lecturer, and researcher, Noel is also a visiting scholar, Department of Landscape, University of Sheffield. Now, when no- you know, every guest, we ask them to send us their CV or their bio and Noel's CV was so extensive and broad <laughs> and I love Carmen that you had it printed out in the landscape format <laughs> I did Noel <laughs> had to be different I, I can't you know I, I can't go there's not enough time to go over all of the things that he's done so I'm just going to hit the highlights here he has written dozens of books including several with renowned plant designer Pete Udolph who was also on our show uh, last year, I think it was Alice. And Noel's been on our show before. Yes. This is um, this show is called Noel Kingsbury 2.0. <laughs> um, <laughs> Noel probably has something to say about that. Um, and innumerable articles, both practical and scholarly, in publications as diverse as House and Garden, The Financial Times, and, um, and I guess a publication that's new to me, Acta Horticulturae. Am I pronouncing that right, Noel? 
Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it myself. <laughs> <laughs> he has given garden tours throughout the world from Wales to central China. And what, what I personally love about his work is that it's both accessible and grounded in science, whether it's his own postdoctoral research or actual work in the field. So we're so happy, Noel, that with all of your crazy schedule that you're able to spend some time with us today. Thank you. And he has it's, a great... Uh, it's uh, good to be a part of the show, yes. And you yes. have a great blog, too, Noel, that I enjoy immensely. Oh, thank you. I, I enjoy doing that. Yeah, I do well, it's my own blog, I do, and I do... Uh, I'm part of the Gardening Gone Wild group as well. Yes. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it keeps me busy. Keeps so, me no, I know, and you're doing so many things. In fact, you're coming to the States very shortly, to the U.S., right, I this am. month? Yes, yes, I'm coming to a, an event in um, Philadelphia, and then I'm running a couple of workshops and meeting up with a few people I've wanted to meet up, up with for, for years. So, um, yeah, quite a short trip, unfortunately, because I've got to then go to a conference in Germany. But uh, I'll be making the most of my week over the water. <laughs> so tell us, one of the events that you're doing is something called the Rabbit's Eye View of Chanticleer. What are you doing there? Well, what I, what I call the Rabbit's Eye View is about trying to get gardeners, or indeed uh, garden designers and landscape people, down on their hands and knees looking at what <laughs> goes on at ground level because there's so much you can do to what I like to call reading the plant. Uh, seeing what goes on at ground level can give you a very good idea about how the plant is going to perform long term. And uh, it's plants behave in so many different ways, and I think it's very important that people can um, you know, learn, to get to, uh, learn to observe their plants and then get a lot more out of them, particularly this issue of how things will, will perform o- over the longer term. So it's, it's, all about, yeah, it's all about sort of basic natural history in a way. So you're not going to be talking about Peter Rabbit and Mr. McGregor? <laughs> no. no, <definitely> not. <laughs> Darn. So is this geared towards a professional or the home gardener type? Well, to be honest, I, um, a lot of the workshops I do, I, mean, I get all sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we get amateur gardeners and <coughs> garden designers. There's quite a few people who, who perhaps do a little bit of garden design, but... Uh, you know, they may be very good at the kind of uh, spatial side of things, but perhaps don't have, don't have so much plant knowledge. And the thing about plant knowledge, it takes an awful long time to learn. So if you can give people shortcuts to learning how to, to read the plant from, from this, then, um, you know, all, all to the good. We always say that to our, our kind of burgeoning gardeners. We, you know, they're like, how did you get your education? And honestly, Carmen and I, I think we both got our education just from reading nursery tags at the nursery, yeah. talking to your nursery men and yeah. get you know, finding out what really works versus what's in the books. Yeah, but the problem though with the nursery trade, certainly this side of the water, is that uh, you know, the nursery trade is basically about selling plants and uh, not necessarily growing them long term. And the trouble is there's so much new stuff coming onto the market that's not properly trial, right. or at least not trial for very long, because everyone wants to get, wants to get it out, that understandably, and you know, make some money out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, the nurseries aren't involved in, or they're not involved in the kind of end use of the plant in, in most cases. So what we're finding um, is that a lot of the plants that are being heavily promoted are actually quite short-lived plants. And mm-hmm. this is what came out of the last bit of research I did was that things like um, echinaceas and hookahs, for example, which are you know, very popular down the garden centers, 
they're flaking out in people's gardens after about three or four years. Yes, they are. Yes, we can <laughs> speak are. to that. Yeah. And that's entirely natural. People are not doing anything wrong. Right. These are by nature short-lived plants in many cases. Well, we were just um, at the the nursery and trade show Mance uh, last, year. last January, yeah. and we learned, yeah. Noel, of a pink blueberry. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Yeah, I I mean, it was so, so, I mean, how do you even say that with a straight face, a pink blueberry? (laughs) Well, like every other industry, it's an industry. And the faster they can get people to buy more plants, the more money they'll make. And Alice and I have found in the years that we've been working in the business, the quality of plants, Noel, has greatly deteriorated you know just really? gen- I, we, yeah. we found yeah. Yeah. with yeah. some exceptions yeah. you know there's still yeah. but we're finding that you know there's very few really great nursery people left that really know their plants and that 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 when they arrive to us that we're really excited about s- and satisfied with the yeah. quality they don't yeah. you know even things that are supposed to be long-term like shrubs and trees yeah. Yeah. haven't been grown yeah for the long-term plan. It's sort of fast, vigorous growth, you know? Or, and then they're stuffed yeah, into yeah. a container and shipped on a truck and not, yeah, pay, you yeah. know, and then we get them and they're all loose and banging yeah. around and, you know, it's, it's yeah. yeah, I agree with you. It challenges. Mm-hmm. Well, you're also mm-hmm. going to be traveling further far afield um, to South America this fall to lecture. Tell us about... I, I am, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I've, um, I'm going to um, Argentina and Uruguay. Uh, I've got a colleague there I've been acting as a kind of um, unofficial mentor, mentor to, a, mm-hmm. a very gifted garden designer, and um, I've been sort of advising her on, on her particular situation, and I want to go out there now and see what she's doing. Um, and while I'm out there, I'm doing various workshops and lectures, because uh, there's a small group of, I think, very good, dedicated garden design people in Buenos Aires area and across the water in Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different climate, of course, to, to both, both for us and for you. And uh, no, it must be very interesting to see what's, what's going on. And it'll be interesting to see all those uh, ornamental grasses in their habitat, <laughs> right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that, that's right, yeah. Yes, um, there's a very exciting flora down there, and you can see some of the links with the North American flora, but uh, somewhat different climate. And uh, and my colleague there, Amalia, you know, she's a complete pioneer. She's the first person to use the plants of that area, the Uruguayan coast, in design work. Oh, wow. Uh, Wow. When I first met her in 2007, she came over over to Germany, actually, on a garden tour I was leading, and she was uh, telling me about you know, all these fantastic wildflowers they have, and yet none of them are used in, in gardens. You just have to use all these uh, limited range of things from the nurseries, a lot of which weren't suitable. And the coast in Uruguay is very, very windy. It's like a, a Mediterranean climate, but very windy. Right. And uh, so I sort of gave a bit of advice in emails. I mean, she just, just acts on everything. And she eventually managed to get out and get some sort of group, get a bit of a grant from the World Bank, would you believe, as part of some larger biodiversity project so she's been able to fund a book about the local flora and get nurseries to grow some of these plants she's been trialing them at home and she's now just beginning to use them in gardens and she's been using some on on, on green roofs and these are these are the local plants that were you know tough enough to survive quite harsh local conditions and what's her name um, amalia robredo okay amalia um, robredo um, you know amalia that's exciting robredo. because um you know, maybe, maybe you know, 10 years from now or 15 years from now, maybe even sooner, Noel, we might be able to use some of those plants 
you know, in similar conditions in in rooftop in rooftops and, applications in, here in New York that are so yeah, windy. Absolutely, yes. And having uh, myself uh, two years ago got involved in a very difficult coastal project. Uh, good coastal plants are no really good coastal plants are, are fairly few and far between, and uh, you know, I think we need to kind of mix and match. And they they tend to be a fairly international selection. I mean, coasts. Um, yeah, there, there, there are good things and bad things about being a plant at the coast, but they tend to be fairly similar all, all over. Well, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to, to talk with... Maybe we could have her on the show and, and talk uh, with I'll, her. I'll, I'll send you her details. Yeah, she, her English is fantastic. Good. Uh, yeah. She speaks wonderfully. Um, no, she'll be, she'll, be, she'll be really good. So tell us, Noel, um, Carmen introduced you and, and was talking about your work that is so grounded in the science of plants. Mm. In fact, you've begun a series of citizen science projects. Tell us more about that. Well, it started out with, um, there was a, uh, there's a big, um, within the European Union, we have these, um, they have this bizarre name of interreg fours. They're sort of like a way of getting people in different countries within a particular professional field to compare and contrast professional practice. And the University of Sheffield was, was part of one of these. Uh, that also involved Denmark and Belgium and Holland and Sweden. And um, I was a little part of this in that he was looking at cost-effectiveness of managing public space. And I was very interested in looking at um, this incredible range of knowledge that experienced gardeners have, um, both professional and amateur, and how you can get that knowledge and put it in a form that can be just quantified, really. Just So I developed a survey, and I managed to get 66 gardeners to fill this quite detailed survey in. Most, I'd say probably 80% of them were amateur gardeners. Some of them, quite a few of them, were actually in their 80s or even their 90s, and they'd been gardening with some of these plants for decades. And so I was tapping into this extraordinary amount of experience, and uh, we, I think we had about... 40 plants in the end that we had enough data on. But it's about gathering in the experiences of a lot of these gardeners. And it's interesting what came out of that. I and mean, all this stuff I was talking about, certain plants being short-lived. Right. So there was this very common agreement that certain things didn't last very long, other things did. Um, and I'm trying to sort of push this now, trying to get somebody else to... Uh, back me up with some funding on this because there's so much knowledge out there amongst private gardeners yes, uh, yes. that uh, you would never get hold of say in a, in a trial and it's it makes sense to try and get some of that information into a usable form and pass it on for another generation of gardeners that's a wonderful idea it's like a longitudinal study of well, that's right. Cultural well, yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have to take a break right now. I, I want to come back and talk about this because I yes. have yes. I have an American version of this story to tell you, Noel. Um, oh, really? That sounds interesting. Great. Yeah. Hang on. We have to take a break. You're listening to We yep. Dig Plants okay. on the Heritage Radio Network. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. 
I've devoted my idiot career to the old ways, the old recipes, the old tools, the old geography of where serious foods come from for centuries. And I've strived to make these wonderful things available to New Yorkers for 37 years. So it's a fait accompli for us to support Heritage Radio Network. And I hope you will too, and I hope you'll keep tuning in. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. Welcome back. You're listening to We Dig Plants on Heritage Radio Network. We're here with Noel Kingsbury, garden designer, writer, and world-renowned lecturer. Are you still there, Noel? I'm still here, yes. yes. Okay, great. So before the break, we were talking about the power of kind of citizens and, and community yes. in, mm-hmm. uh, in plant information. And there yeah. is, um, there's a great book called The Market Bulletins that is mm-hmm. about the... Um, the kind of communication that existed in the South um, yes. with, with, with regard to letters that would be written back and forth between gardeners and as they would share seeds and, and share oh, information. Yes. And yes. It's, um, it's actually a brilliant, brilliant article, um, mm. the market bulletins, and Eudora Welty, the American novelist, um, was oh, yeah. part of yeah. that. So there, there, there was something like that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's change course a little bit here and talk about the soap opera you've written. I don't know how you have time for all this, Noel. It's called Dig, Plant, and Bitch. (laughs) Um, The characters sound really hilarious. I want to know what inspired you to try your hand at writing something like that, and can I star in it? <laughs> um, well, it, well, one of the, one of the rules of the game is that no one should be recognisable. Okay, um, good. I, I've been in this business probably about, uh, I suppose, getting on for thirty years, really, mm-hmm. and uh, you meet uh, a lot of really colourful characters, um, some quite eccentric characters. Very few people who are really unpleasant, um, but. And you hear just so many fantastic stories, and, and after a while, it all kind of goes into the script, it kind of soup into your brain. And um, I just thought it'd be fun to write something that was uh, it, it, it explored these these people, but also um, explored some of the kind of snobbery that <laughs> goes along with the garden world. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's um, also there's a certain amount of horticultural stuff in it as, as well because as each episode unfolds, various things, various people talk about plants and how to grow plants, or they they have various disputes about plants. Uh, so there's a certain amount of, of, of garden knowledge in it as well as a, a series of, of, of storylines. And um, so tell us about one of the characters. It's very. Um, uh, it, it is very British, and I think in terms of an American readership, I think you'd have to be quite Anglophile or maybe an anthropologist to, <laughs> to, to really appreciate it. Well, tell us one of the characters that you that you really that really inspired you that you really like from the from the series. Um, well, it, it centres around a rivalry, which I know is something that that 
certainly does happen uh, over here where you have it's a theme on the the old money new money mm-hmm. right. um, i've come across a couple of places where <coughs> in in the village say you've got an old established garden uh made possibly sort of quite an aristocratic old family and then you've got these upstarts with nouveau riche <laughs> down the bottom of the hill who start up a new garden and, uh, you know they have to cheat to open their garden to the public when they've been, only been making it 10 years and right. there's one particular instance I, I know of, of this where there's been a lot of real kind of um, uh, well a lot of real snobbery really so that's where that I, I, idea came from um, so it, it expl- it's a sort of comedy of manners in a, in a way and a lot of it is about social class which you know, we're very upfront about in, in Britain. Yes. Um, which, um, and, uh, you know, we, it's, a, it's a, an awful lot of our humour does, does relate to that. It's a way of, the, the humour's a way of, of, of dealing with it, as well right. exploring these social issues. Yeah, virtually every um, sort of masterpiece theatre, British uh, theatrical piece I've ever seen, like Downton Abbey, for example, which was yes. huge here, yes. there was, a, there was a, a scene in which, yes. you know, the ladies' roses always won in the competition, always. Right. Whereas yes. the yes. hard-working, yes. struggling yes. gardener who actually grows amazingly, he never mm. wins the cup. You know, yeah, no, yes, yes. So it's yes, a very yes, recurring yes, theme, yes. but it's really, it's really great to. It's so rare to find gardeners as characters or horticulture as characters in typical media, right? You know, except mm-hmm. maybe uh, I introduced Alice to Rosemary and Time, which yeah. was really, which is a great <laughs> show. Yes, yes, yes. It was very funny, but that would there would never be a show in America about that. Never. I just no, it no. just wouldn't happen. No. Well, Carmen and uh, I always, you know, we always have this joke about the gardener did it. You know, yeah. like because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he has the implements right. I mean, to do it. <laughs> so we're just waiting for a, an American Law and Law and Order episode, which is this ridiculous show that that Americans are addicted to about mm. crime. <laughs> you know, there yeah, was yeah. one episode where the gardener was the gardener involved, and I always it? get really mad when they get things wrong or they ha- they they show a plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's the wrong name, and I'm like, D- do yeah. your research, damn it! Or, <laughs> or the, you know, it's supposed to be an oak tree, and it's got ficus leaves attached yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. ridiculous. It's fun to actually pick those out. In well, the- well, no. Um, what? Where can people get? Where can people listen to these? Uh, to dig plant bitch. Where can they get it? Um, it's 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 uh, it's on Amazon. It's a it's a Kindle product, so you can okay. watch it on your iPad and your iPhone and your Android or whatever. So it's yes, yeah, so it's, it's it's all part. Of, it's all on my Amazon Kindle uh, Amazon. Um, bookstore. Okay, Great. awesome. Okay. Yeah. So let's change course a little bit. Um, yeah. We have a two-part question. You've mm. traveled the world over, and you've met innumerable garden designers, growers, and researchers. Mm. Mm. Where do you think the most interesting work is happening today? And part two of the question is: In what direction do you think planting and garden design should go? You have 30 um, seconds. <laughs> I think, uh, I've always held that the most in- interesting work is actually happening in Germany. Because oh, poo. <laughs> you've got this very strong gardening tradition, but you've also got uh, a lot of, well, by our standards, a lot of public money going into looking at planting combinations for public space. Right. And there's obviously a real spin-off here for, mm. for private gardeners as well. And there are these uh, people working on these fantastic planting mixtures uh, that can be used in, in large gardens or public spaces that are wonderfully colourful, terrifically diverse. 
and it's all being done very scientifically so that it, we, of course it, it works <laughs> it's German you know, it, right. stuff works right and it's not just someone having a great idea and going out and market, marketing it. it you know things go through, through, through lots, lots of testing that's so un-American and, you know, fantastically <laughs> colorful plant combinations um I mean, people might have heard of the, the, the Olympic Park. I mean, that's yes. a similar concept that a couple of guys at the University of Sheffield uh, were working on. I mean, they, that's a somewhat different principles, but um, the end result is the, is the same. There's a one great swathe of, of uh, fantastic perennial plants. Um, and in terms of where planting design should be going, well, it, a lot of it does seem to be going in the right way. And I would just flag up this book um, I've been working on with Pete Aldolf oh, over, over right. the last year, which will be coming out in February or, or March, I, I hope. Uh-huh. Um, and that, the focus of that is very much looking at this tendency to create planting combinations where, where you're intermingling and blending varieties. So it's, you're making it look a lot more naturalistic you're getting away from this old way of planting things in great blocks um and creating these sophisticated mixes of, of, of plants that because they're blended they, they just look a lot more naturalistic i mean the high line yes the high line in, in in manhattan is just a very very good example of this and you know, anyone walking down the high line can appreciate you know, really what we're talking about and that seems to be very much in europe at any rate the zeitgeist yeah hmm. of, of looking at not just looking at individual plants put them together but thinking about thinking about it as a as a vegetation almost do you know the work um, of Om van Sweden here in the States? I do, yes, yes. I, I haven't met him for a while, but I, I've met up with James Van Sweden and indeed Wolfgang Irma um, yeah. quite a few times. Yeah, ago. they, yes, they yes. do They do similar work, I think, to what you're describing and, and to what Pete is is trying to do with, with all yeah, the, yeah. the new species. And I think what's yeah. challenging, I mean, I think it's a great idea, and I, I can. there's innumerable clients who, you know, the High Line it was... was one of the things that inspired them to create a garden and you know on that scale it works and it's a challenge to reproduce that or to create something inspired by that um on a smaller scale that's a real challenge and it really does take a different way of thinking about you know planting you know starting things from seed perhaps and not you know you can't just go out to the nursery and sort of plug things in and create that i think it's done very very differently but it's great that the Highline has made people much more aware of that style. I, can't, I haven't mm-hmm. found a single New Yorker that doesn't like it. No. No yeah, one has yeah, said, and, and, they yeah. can't, and they can't necessarily articulate why they like it, Noel. It's just pleasing. Yes. You yes, know? Yes. yes. But, it, it, it's got the, the look of being wild, and yet it's not so wild that people feel it's out of, feel it's out of control. I mean, it's very much stylized wildness. I exactly. Yeah. That's a good way of <laughs> describing yeah. it. Right. In fact, yeah. tickets to see this stretch of High Line that is yet to be started, right, you know, in its, yeah. in its yeah. truly wild state, I mean, those tickets sold out immediately. People wanted to see yeah. it the, yeah. before. Yeah. They wanted to see yeah. that. Whereas for decades yeah. before, Noel, it was up yeah. there Nobody, Nobody paid any attention yeah, to it. Yeah, it's right. a very interesting yeah. shift in yes, what people, yes. th- how people in New York and probably the world over think about um, gardens and, and how they're gardens. describing beauty. I think is a yeah. is a fundamental issue. Yes, and, yes. So, Noel, give our listeners your website and your blog address um, for those who want to follow you. 
Um, well, you can find me on www.noelkingsbury.com, and that's got links to, to the blogs and uh, various other things I, I do. That's the, the best thing to do. And what um, is featuring? What are you featuring on your on your blog this week? Um, well, uh, my own garden is just pretty much, although it's very much the end of the season, actually it's most colourful stage. We've got a lot, a lot of that is down to North American prairie perennials, asters and solidargos and things. So there's quite a lot about that um, and uh, various things in the daisy family. And um, so, yeah, but my, my own blog, that was, that's been the latest posting because it's such a... a, a fantastically colorful time of year right now it's the perfect time of the year we love the fall is the best yeah. i've learned to detest the spring no yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's you. too much it's too much it's no longer fun it's sort of it's so intense and so yeah, work yeah. intensive that for me the fall is the most beautiful time my dahlias are beautiful the you grasses know, the grasses yeah. i feel yeah, like i can yeah. breathe and i can rest mm. and even the tones of the season of that particular season are much more pleasing to me mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah yeah well unfortunately we are out of time Noel I'm sorry to say yeah and uh, well good to speak with you and um so um and good luck on your trip safe travels thank you yes and please look us up when you're in New York will do yeah okay thank okay. you great Yes. You've Bye. been listening to Heritage Radio Network and We Dig Plants. Thanks to Roberta. The person Pizza. you called is no longer on the line. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Got out in a hurry, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Click. <laughs> Thanks to Roberta's Pizza at 261 Moore Street in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And to our sponsor today, produced by Jack Inslee and engineered by Joe G. Join us on Facebook, Groundworks Inc. We dig plants. We'd love your feedback. We'll be posting a link to Noel's blog and website if you haven't already gone. Thanks for listening and see you in the garden. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.